Welcome back to Central Coast Stories. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm your host, Kayleen Bell. I'm a journalist, audio producer, storyteller, and I live on the Central Coast. And I'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal land on which this podcast is produced and also pay my respects to the Aboriginal people who walked on this country. If you are new to the podcast, please have a listen to the short preview to learn more about what this podcast is about. But basically, I believe every person has many interesting stories if given the time to talk. This podcast is about stories from a wide range of people who live on the Central Coast, but their stories should appeal to people who don't live here as well. Even though this podcast will feature a wide variety of guests, the first four guests are all artists who are finalists in the Dobell Drawing Prize and their work can be viewed at Gosford Regional Gallery for free until the 5th of June. And I highly recommend you go and have a look. You can hear more about the Dobell in last week's episode and also read about it in the show notes from today where I also have a couple of links. My guest today is artist Marie Azapardi. Marie's work is included in private and public collections in Australia, Italy, Malta, Sweden and the US. She is also a finalist in the Dobell Drawing Prize and today she will talk about that art piece that was selected for the regional tour and she will also share how she turned dead birds on the entrance beach into art that was shown internationally. Marie also shares many other stories about her work, her work process and her life. Marie is a dynamic guest and I enjoyed talking with her very much and she's a fantastic storyteller. As part of her practice as an artist, she likes to let colour pigments run on the page and find their place. And much like today's discussion I wanted at times to sit back and let her narrative run. I will put her website details in the show notes so you can read more about her work. Now to today's chat. Hi Marie thank you for talking with me today on Central Coast Stories. Hi lovely to be here. Marie you're a local artist and you've recently moved to the Central Coast. I have been up here six years. I moved from Sydney so I kind of am now based around Blue Bay, that area. I'm a multidisciplinary artist, so I use a lot of things. My early years was photo works, and that's what I'm mostly known for, and painting. And now I am embroidering as well and clay works. The piece that you did for the Dobell Drawing Prize, it's a book, isn't it? Yes, it's a concertina folded book. The work that I have in the Dobell Drawing Prize is a concertina work on paper. That one is called Along the Ranges. It was done before lockdown, beginning of lockdown, and it is more like a road trip, wanting to explore landscape. And in that particular one, I've used inks and gouache and crushed found bushfire charcoal that I've crushed up and used that as a medium in the work. There's something special about the paper. The paper is saw paper, mulberry paper, which is handmade in Luan Prabang in, in Laos. And I've been there a few times because I've gone to photograph the monks 
and uh, Luan Prabang is a world heritage area and it has a huge concentration of monk monasteries and families throughout Laos will actually send one or two of their sons to be educated for free from the age of 7 to 18. They live as monks, but they're highly educated and they all speak several languages. And by the time they're 18 and finish their HSC, some of them remain monks, but a lot of them just end up going to university, becoming teachers. So it's a wonderful way that the monks in that country give back and help their own people. Wow, interesting. And where is Laos, you said? So Laos, Laos, Laos. So Luang Prabang, it borders Thailand and Vietnam. You've got the Mekong running right through it. And it's a beautiful country. And how did you discover that place? Part of my work life also has been, I've been a travel photographer and working with my partner at the time, journalist, And so we became Camera and Campari, so we travelled through Asia quite a bit, um, reviewing cruises and five-star resorts and being given these amazing trips. And we went to Luan Prabang, that would have been 10 years ago first, and I fell in love with it. So I've been back several times, even taking a tour with us of me teaching photography and drawing and it's a French colonial town it is beautiful everything about it is beautiful it sounds lovely tell me about the mulberry paper throughout Asia they hand make their papers and I've bought paper from you know Thailand and then different paper from Vietnam and even from Cambodia so this particular paper that I've got from uh, Luan Prabang is a mulberry I haven't seen it being made and I want to go back to actually learn to make it myself but they have these concertina books that I've bought back in bucket loads. I've had them with me for years, not knowing what to do with them. And I've always had them as these precious things sitting piled up in my lounge room. And it's only when COVID hit that I decided to try one. And the piece that's in the dough belt is the smallest one. And so I went, let's try the smallest one. And I worked on that throughout the day, all stretched out along my dining table. It was just such a beautiful meditative way to work on this pretty much nearly two metre long piece of paper by 20 centimetres in height. So um, yeah, so that's kind of the work that the last two years I've been um, producing, working with the SAR paper, mulberry paper, and um, bringing into a meditation. And the way I work with the paper is bringing in um, my own meditation that goes with it. And I think this goes hand in hand with where I brought it from, from Luan Prabang, the monks, you know, because every morning in Luan Prabang, this is what they're really famous for, for tourism, is the giving of alms. So at six o'clock every morning, all the monks, hundreds of them, come out and the streets are lined by the community and tourists giving them food, giving alms, and it's their food that they need for the day. And it's a quiet meditation throughout the whole town. Sounds wonderful. So this paper, when I met you at the gallery at the Dobell Drawing Prize opening, you said that you're um, obsessed with it. 
Look, when I was at art school, I majored in drawing. I majored in working with paper. So paper for me is still my first go-to. Everything about it, it's tactile, you know, making collages, tearing it up. Even with my photo works, I get it printed on paper that I rework. So it's precious, but it's not precious. And I love my happy accident. So I'll tip something over it. I love watching different papers, how it it absorbs the ink, the kind of marks you can make on it. It's forgiving. I've got larger forms of those concertina books, up to 10 metres long, 50 centimetres high. And so I've just finished a piece called 40 Days, which was a whole lot of crushed charcoal. Now, this is a burnt log washed up on my local beach that I loaded up. And I've been crushing it and mixing it with water and getting a a mop literally and mopping this black charcoal on this 10 metres of sar paper. I'm watching it soak up, the marks it makes. And this is my, my take on the first 40 days of the Ukraine war. Watching the footage of these people dressed like us their apartments being blown up, them carrying their suitcases, they're carrying their dash hounds. I was like, oh my God, that could be me. For me, I kind of get really affected by world events and I need to find an outlet. And it's either for usually photography or the drawing. For example, normally I would do photography. So when my father died, I was there in the hospital and as soon as he passed away, I happened to have my camera and I asked my family, you know, I need to do this. Can I photograph him? And they let me do that. And then a week later, I photographed him at his viewing in his suit. This work, I couldn't do anything with it for five years, but eventually led to me getting it printed on linen. And this was at the same time I was walking up and down North Entrance Beach and our local beach of Toowoomba Bay and Blue Bay. And it was the year that we had those strong winds and a lot of the mutton birds and birds, whatever birds they were, I don't know, were being blown off course. And I would walk my dogs and my dogs would find all these dead birds. And I started photographing the decaying dead birds. And I suppose this became also a sort of a meditation, which eventually led me to producing my exhibition, Exquisite Corpse. I loved you more and this was the images of the dead birds, the memento mori pieces of my father, his legs, his hands and the black and white images were printed on linen which I then hand embroidered areas of gold thread and some of the bird ones I sewed into a crucifix so it's quite somber but they're quite beautiful. Symbolically they're like shrouds for the dead wrapping them up, making sure they're safe. I just want to ask you about the memento mori because I've heard that concept for the first time when I interviewed one of the other Dobell artists. And interestingly, the other artists have also talked about that threat of death. So I'm finding that interesting that death is, it's influencing so much of the art that each one of you are creating. So death is a big part of my work over the 30 years as as an artist. Death, religion, sexuality was for a long time, but not so much now, but it really is about spirituality and death. And I think with what we're watching and bombarded with all the time, 
it's a way to deal with death because we're still not good about talking about it. Memento Moris are a moment of death photograph of people who have already passed away because they had never had a photograph in their lives, right? Right. And originally, at the beginning of photography, you see photos of people's family and they're dead, but they're propped up as they're living because they'd never had a photograph while they're alive. So family organised to get one. Victorian era. Correct. Throughout my life also and going overseas, I have a Maltese heritage. So when I went overseas when I was nine, I just also remember seeing photographs in people's houses and I go, Mum, that person looks like they're dead. And my mum would go, shh, they are. I was mesmerised, intrigued by that. And the churches in Malta and, you know, also being told, oh, there's your relatives painted up there because they've given so much money to the church. So everything, gold, gold thread, death, spirituality, the church, you can imagine. For me, it was just rich pickings to work with. Where does the gold come into it? The gold comes in when my mother took me at nine and we were overseas in Malta for at least three months. And the gold in the churches, the gold everywhere, gold for me is like alchemy. It's aligned with spirituality, has always been part of my work. And I used a lot of 23 karat gold in my lifetime. When you say that your art is a meditative process, does it provide a place for you to get the grief out of you? Yes. The way I work now, that hasn't always been. For a lot of years, I worked in a frenzy, like a bullet at a gate. It's just needed to get out. I think from maturing, moving up here, living across from the water, like I literally look at the ocean as I'm working. It gives me a calm space. And I think with the Constantina books, the SAR paper, knowing how they're made and where they're made, it's a different way of reading artwork. And now for me, it's a different way of making artwork. It's more about washing the colours and breathing with it. I can't explain it except I'm very calm when I do it, despite that I have my little dash hounds running over it. But for me, that's part of the work as well. I'm quiet as well, whereas I used to work with loud, full-on music, especially these new pieces that are about war and rape and the works that were about death. Everything was calm. So if I think about walking along North Entrance Beach and photographing the dead birds, I would do it respectfully. So it was like, get the dogs away. I would photograph it. And then once I had finished photograph it, I would actually bury it. But I would come back also the next week of where I buried it to see how much more it had decayed. You would unearth it? It would normally be unearthed anyway from either another animal or or the tides. Is there a fascination with death or are you just a very empathetic human? Put it this way, I didn't think I'd live to this long, to this age myself. Because? My feeling as a young person was always, will I make it to 18? I never had a fear of death. Mine was always more running towards it, the lifestyle that I had. I see art for me has always been my kind of therapy and I think now it's more acknowledged as a therapy. It helps with anxiety and depression and also with sorting out trauma. So I like to think that I work in a way that's more about the collective unconscious, about sorting through collective trauma. So when I make a piece about the grieving for the raped women or the first 40 days of war, 
I kind of see this as my form of praying and asking the universe, how does it get better than this universe? Marie, how did you feel to be a finalist in the Dobell Drawing Prize? How did you feel to be selected? I was over the moon, honoured, humbled, excited. I couldn't believe I got into such a prestigious art prize and also with such a tiny intimate piece as well. What I find curious, just me not understanding the terminology of drawing, when I look at some of the art there, there was, you know, art with paper weaving, etc. There was a cake tin, you know, with lines on it. So to me, I'm like, hang on, is this drawing? So for me, it was new to see like that baking dish scratched into, but I loved that and I went, it just opened even more for me that I went, yeah, the possibilities are endless and that's what art's about. Look down in my basement where I live at the moment, there's the, the car park is underground, so there's these walls that are kind of exposed and there's all this weird colours coming out mm. and puddles. So I've taken down paper down there. I don't know how toxic it is, but also, you know, just pressing the paper into the wetness of the wall and, and mark making that way. So I see drawing as mark making. I see drawing as experimenting, tearing you know, dragging along the beach, throwing rocks on it, submersing it into water. So it probably looks quite violent the way I work with paper at times. With the ink, I'll dip sticks into the ink, you know, in jars. I like using found things to make marks with. And I pour it onto the piece. So I like happy accidents. I like the medium finding its own resting place on the paper. Ink runs. Yeah, well, it's like throwing a glass of water on fabric and seeing, does it just go on that spot or start soaking all the way through the fabric? And so with this particular SAR paper, that's what starts happening. I can stop it with you know, a rag, whatever, or accelerate it with a hairdryer or lift it up and pour more liquid on it. This is what I love about working in this way. Does it get really wet? Oh, yeah, it falls apart sometimes and I've got to re-glue the pages together. And I think that's what impressed me going along seeing it for the first time because when you think of drawing, you might just think of portraits, but there was so much more than that there. It's a stunning, stunning exhibition. Yeah. So well presented and the, the calibre of the work, I was just like wow, this could be shown anywhere in the world and hold its own. It's such a stunning exhibition. It's a really good exhibition and that's why I'm so glad we'll have these interviews up so people can get to go and see it before it finishes on 5th of June. Marie, what are you working on currently or or what's next for you as far as showing like art galleries? Well, the wonderful thing is I've just been given a date for my solo exhibition at Gosford Regional Gallery. The show is called The Psychoanalysis of Fire and it's about COVID and the bushfires. So this show was made throughout last year and this year as well. Why that? Because it was, you know, our sky was black here and my family all lived, live, still do, you know, the foot of the Blue Mountains and that's where I grew up. It was a bit apocalyptic. Very. And then we go to COVID. Correct. So the work is a combination of both. You know, it was quite biblical. Fire, plague, 
now floods, war. Hello, look up Revelations. Oh, my God, let's see what the next show will be. So the work's about that. Hopefully some not-so-heavy pieces in there. But I also photographed the sky over the Entrance Beach and um, Shelley Beach when the sky went dark red here. And also I photographed around Etalong and Woi Woi, that bright orange, eerie sky. So photo photography, photo works will also be part of this exhibition. So photo works, what else will people see? Drawing, painting, and I'm hoping a insta- ceramic installation as well. Sculpting? Don't know, but clay, using clay, because I'm now working on clay pieces as well. And what about these lovely mulberry they'll be in there for sure when does that solo exhibition start october 29th how long will it run for till the 13th of december these exhibitions are free as i understand oh for people to visit yes yes they're free right now i'm in the ravenswood australian women's art prize as well which is at gordon the private girls school which one's in that pilgrimage it's a beautiful piece and this is the second year running that i'm in that and it is the most prestigious art prize for Australian women artists. Like the prize money is 35000 It's huge. Are you a finalist in that? I'm a finalist for the second year running with also a concertina folding book piece. So that's currently showing at the same time as my piece in the Dobell. And you've shown in other places internationally like Malta and Rome, Italy? Correct. I've had a big life exhibiting and living overseas that's with my photo work series like I've even even been on the front cover of American Art News in New York in 1998 one of the very few Australian artists so I've had a very different art life 20 years ago and this is kind of me starting again but really concentrating on a different path with it and I think as I get older and more mature, my vision becomes clearer in how I want to work. And it's no longer about getting the fame and fortune out there and whatever. It is about me using the art as my daily meditation for living. And if people take notice of it and like it, then even better. Right. Is it a grounding process? Very much so. Very much so. Well, I've had a lovely chat with you today, Marie, and I've enjoyed looking at your little Constantina book along the ranges. It's really a journey that you're portraying and it's really lovely to look at. Thank you for talking with me today, Marie, on Central Coast Stories. It was a pleasure actually sharing this and it's just wonderful that we're all part of the Dobell at the moment. It's a great show. Yeah, wonderful. Look forward to your next one, your solo one. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, you can follow me on Twitter where I will promote new episodes at C underscore Coast underscore Stories. My next guest is Kim Cannon, a local musician and composer, and we will be talking about her new book, How Music Heals Us. This episode should be up in the next two weeks, just before Kim's book launch, which she will talk about. This will be an episode not to be missed. 
Also, I'd like to give a special thank you to artist Elena Parishko for the beautiful art piece, which is the image that you see when you look at my podcast. So a very big thank you. I purchased her painting and I have her website in the show notes in case anybody would like to see her artwork and purchase some for themselves. So thank you, Elena. All information in this episode is copyright. Please do share the podcast episodes, but please contact me for republishing permissions at centralcoaststories at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.